0: Hey, what's up? This is Derek. And this is the Very Actual Podcast. How's everybody doing? It's a very surreal, very surreal uh, day today. I guess without their lack, they better of the explanation of today. Today being seventh, 2022. It is the one-year anniversary. Before I get into this, uh, so. If it was if you were listening to this episode for the first time, um, a, a year ago this week, I had a pretty severe mental breakdown. It was uh, it was trauma induced, a little bit of substance abuse induced. Um, substance abuse, of course, being Kava. It's not some. I wasn't on some illegal drug, uh, and on the fifth night of the fifth I was institutionalized for the mental breakdown because I wasn't sleeping um, but today is different uh, actually at this time is different it's right now it's 330 in the morning um, I wanted to make sure that I was getting up and recording at this time because uh, <clears throat> it's kind of like one of those you know the witching hour type of things you know, 3.33 in the morning is the witching hour, blah, 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 and so I wanted to make sure I was out, plus I gotta go to work, uh, but I wanted to get in this, you know, this good recording to, I wouldn't so much celebrate, but more reflect on April 7th. April 7th, a year ago, today, um, I almost took my life, you know, and it's, one of those situations where, oh, you know, I'm suicidal, blah blah blah. So many different type of shit. No, I was going to take my life, and I felt it justified because I uh, was gone. I was, I like my, I was, I was dealing with sleep deprivation psychosis. So if you, just that term in itself is disturbing, you know, sleep deprivation psychosis. So in other words, I was so sleep deprived that. I was psychotic um you know nice little dramatic pause this is this is a very somber episode so please roll with me i a really important story and a lesson to learn from the entire drill um i just want to talk about what i remember as far as my experience now i I've been talking about this the last, you know, a couple days about how, you know, blah blah blah. blah I beg Teresa to taking my life, and then, and I, it's day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, and finally, I'm to day seven, where, you know, I'm going to talk about the experience. And trust me, if you know anybody or you have personally ever been put on what's known as a 5150 hold a 5150 hold is when the state takes over your power of attorney basically like i have zero control over my life at this point um and the state decides to institutionalize me, which is probably the best thing they could have done. I'd gone to the emergency room probably two times, two three times within a twenty four hour period to try to fucking figure out what the hell is going on. Um, very scary, very scary situation. Especially, I'm a father, you know, married, husband of three. When you are in a particular type of mind frame as I was in. It was, you know, it's really, it was just a surreal moment. And what I wanted to talk about the most is the fact that what I realized throughout this entire ordeal, other than going into survival mode and having to survive, is the fact that it changed me. It changed me for the better. Um, A lot of people say that, you know, you need to see the dark before you see the light. A lot of people say that, you know, and I'm pulling in my driveway right now. So give me one sec. Um, But, you know, that goes without saying that when that darkness, that darkness could be, you know, your life. You know, that, that darkness could be you standing up to your demons. And sometimes some of our demons, they are deadly. You know, I, my, I, I've had so much traumatic experiences in my life that I, I, I have no idea why I'm still alive. Like, drug overdoses, opioid overdoses, uh, um, you know, just this last year, like I said. But without going in and talking about, you know, or talking about people's names or, you know, putting a negative spotlight on somebody's mental health condition, the last thing that you want to do as a human being, if you're not... How would I put this? Do my best to not offend anybody. Um, If you don't have a mental health condition, the last thing you want to do is to be in a mental health institution. The things that I saw at this institution were more traumatic than the actual breakdown itself. I mean, they fucking hated me. Plain and simple. They hated me because I was well-behaved. And I was pretty much. When you go in. They will. When you go in. They basically. Give you paper clothes. They give you paper clothes. Because they feel that you're a risk to yourself. Which I was in the beginning. Um, But you can earn privileges. Privileges. You can earn privileges by, you know, behaving and not causing any problems, and that's what I did, and the fucking people that were, instant, were institutionalized with me were, they're pissed. They fucking hated me. You know, back then, back then I was like 260, two 250, so it was before I had my dramatic weight loss after I figured myself out, um... There was a few different people. There's a lot of people there that were done with schizophrenia. There was one gentleman there that was just fucking angry. He was so fucking upset. Because when you get institutionalized by the state, they hold you there. And you have no say in the matter whether you're going to be released. Um, And he was pissed. And I'm really, I'm an empathetic human being. And so I feel that. You know, like for the last, hold on, I'm trying to drink my water. For the last uh, 40 years, I cry really easy. You know, I've been like that for a long time and I never really realized, you know, what the fuck do I cry so easy? You know, am I just a wuss? Blah, 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 that type of shit. What it comes down to is I'm empathetic. I'm empathetic to people's feelings. I'm empathetic to people's emotions. And when you're empathetic and you're in a mental health institution, man, it it would be ridiculously traumatic. Um, But I have a really poor memory. See, I have Chiara malformation. I had a malformation in 2009. What that was is basically a bone growing... Into the bottom of my skull. Causing my brain stem and my spinal cord to wrap. So when they did that surgery. They had to open up my skull. <coughs> excuse me. And cut the dura. What well, the dura is. The dura is basically a glove. That encases the brain. That allows spinal fluid to run around the brain. Well they had to cut that open. To relieve the pressure inside my brain. And then fill it back up with. Uh, I'm not really sure what they use. They either use the lining. Inner lining of a cow's heart. Or a. uh Cadaver, cadaver tissue. Um but what happened, one of the side effects with this uh procedure is memory loss. So me trying to really think about what happened a year ago today, also when I'm talking on podcasts, you guys go through and you binge the podcast and you I'll pause every once in a while. It's because I'm trying to think of a certain term or I'm trying to remember something. So I know there's another podcast out there fucking making fun of me because of that. So you know what? Fuck you guys. It's all right. (laughs) Okay, I don't care. But fuck you guys, regardless. Um, Anyway, so the reason, and and this is what this is, and I remember this verbatim. Okay, when you were institutionalized between eight a.m. and eight p.m., you could make phone call. You could go to the little phone call. The little phone. It's hanging on the wall, and you can call somebody. I called fucking Charisse like every ten minutes. I am I am so surprised Charisse is still with me because I put that woman through hell. I put her through hell a year ago. This this week, Um, she's still here. Man, I've dreamed dreamed of a woman. Little off script. It's a very emotional today I've dreamed of a woman like Sharice for a long time i've um, been hurt quite a bit, so <sighs> glutton for cheating cheaters cheat on me anyway I call Sharice like ten fucking times i mean every ten minutes uh so what happened and the reason I say this is like a re- you know i'm I'm reflecting on. When I almost took my life, which was, like I said, like a year ago today, when I was institutionalized, I was like, like I said, I was the most well behaved patient out of 20 people. I was the most well behaved person there. So I got fucking, I got pretty much got to deal with the exception of a few things. I got what I want. Um, I got to the point to where I'm like, you know what? This is back when I had severe neuropathy. And you guys don't know what neuropathy is. Like, it's nerve damage in your legs. And it's caused... So it, it is a side effect from the RNA surgery. Um, so, if you have pain in your legs, it might be neuropathy. You can get put on a medication. A neurotic medication, which is... Uh, I can't believe the medication is the neurotic medication. But you can talk to a... Um, uh, a neurologist or even a diabetic doctor or my family doctor prescribes me uh, um, gabapentin, which has some pretty severe side effects. So it's not something I would really advise anybody to take because it's, it helps, you know, it's it really helps the neuropathy. But dealing with the pain versus dealing with the side effects are two different things. You know, you got weight gain, you got blurred vision, stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. I haven't had those yet, but my vision's already fucked up. (laughs) So, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, so given this privilege at this mental health institution, which was, in hindsight, an actual ridiculous, dumb move by the people that ran that, that part of the hospital was, they gave me my CPAP. I'm like, I can't fucking sleep without my sleep app. I haven't slept in, you know, seven days. I need to try to sleep here since I don't have any kids here. and My wife's not here available. I need to try to sleep. So, okay, well, I also need white noise to sleep. So what I did was I laid on the bed. I didn't put on my mask. I put the mask right by my face. And for anybody who has had, you know, a CPAP mask, you can hear that sound. Um, And I still didn't fucking sleep. I still didn't fucking sleep, so I'm like, oh, God. And so, the way the the institution was built, it was like, you could go rounds. The way the hospital, the way the rooms were is you could walk around in circles. There's probably like, I don't know, 50 yards, maybe 75 yards of just hallway that you could do laps And I never did so many fucking laps in my entire life. Well... I had kind of like a malfunction in my brain to the point to where I'm like, this is what madness is. I remember clear as day saying to myself, after being awake for seven days, traumatizing everybody that I cared about, and saying to myself... This is what fucking madness is. This is what, what, you know, transfer addictions have done to you. This is what, you know, the derelict of uh, life, the living the, you know, the excess of life, you know, taking advantage of things that other people work hard for has done to you. You know, you don't deserve to be on this fucking earth. That was my mindset. You know, and I was felt it justified that I take my life because I hurt a lot of people. I really hurt a lot of people. I also was gone. I was completely fucking gone to the point to where I thought I was going mad so i walked into my hospital room of course my door was an eight foot tall mammoth oak door it was, it was fucking heavy very heavy um and i had my cpap in my room i was by myself i had of course the uh the air tube which is weak which would not, would, would not have held my 260-pound ass, 250-pound ass. I can't remember how much I weighed when I got it put in there. But what I did have was an eight-foot power cord. Now, if you are committed enough, I could have wrapped that power cord around my neck, threw it, you know, scoot, scooted my freaking hundred and fifty pound chair. They had chairs in there that we could sit in when we ate our our lunches and our dinners and stuff. That was heavy, like hundred fifty pound chair, like really super heavy. But I could lift it. You know, it's no, it's no big deal. Um, scooted over to the door, wrapped that fucking cord around my neck, put the cord up at the door, and fucking hang myself. I could have done it in a matter of seconds. Oh man. The one thing that stopped me from doing it was I wanted to say goodbye to the woman I loved. I was like, I don't want to leave Sharice behind where, oh, it's like she wakes up the morning of the 7th to a phone call saying, hey, you know, your husband took his life last night, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to leave her with that. And the more I think about it, the more I reflect on it, the more that the pain of my absence would have done to my family would have been just pain. It would have been like haunting for the rest of their lives my dad, my sisters, my wife, my son, who feels like he's, uh, my, my son that is not Charissa's. he feels like that he's, he's almost 17 years old, he's very, he's, he's slow, so he's underdeveloped, um, and me, him and I are besties, you know, but, I got to a point where I'm like, okay. At that single moment, when I looked at my machine, I looked at the door and the fire in my head was lit. I'm going to take my life. I want to say goodbye to Sharice. So at that point, I went back to the phone. and I was like, you know, does it work? So I picked up the phone and it was completely dead. You know, it's only turned on between 8 and 8. So I didn't do it simply because I couldn't say goodbye to Sharice. And that's the thing. If I would have been able to say goodbye to Sharice, I would have called her and said, like, hey, love you. You know, take care of my son. Don't give him to his fucking piece of shit ex-mom and to his biological mother. Take good care of him. I love you with all my fucking heart. I'm sorry it happened this way. Hung up, ran to my room, hung my hung myself. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. And I think part of that reason is because... I didn't have the opportunity to hang up. I mean, to message her. So, this came to that. Eventually, you know, within a day or so, I was able to get out. I still went home, you know, after having my, uh, you know, family members, my extended family members, make me feel like a piece of shit because I told them goodbye because I told them I was going to take my life, which is, you know, like I said, in hindsight, if somebody... Takes their life, or they talk about it. I take it very seriously. Like when Chester Bennington and Robert, William, Ron Williams uh, took their lives back in those days. I was like, "That's fucking cowardly." That was really cowardish. Now that I've been through it myself, I don't think like that anymore. I do not think like that anymore. So I take people talking about suicide very, very, very seriously. Um, and so I wasn't. Able to get out. Um, I went home. Still no sleep. (laughs) So, we're on day eight. I'm sitting in bed. Here we go again. I'm still not fucking sleeping. What am I going to do? Day nine hit. Day nine hit. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to die. At least I'm going to die in my home with my wife because of this fucking psychosis. I give up. I'm just going to let it happen. Whatever happened, happens. That night, I got six hours of sleep. <laughs> so, what I learned from this is. And this is a nugget for y'all. Okay? Out of this long-ass, fucking ridiculous story. Is. One. Number one. Number one. You can trust me. If you need somebody to talk to. We can even do it anonymously. You know, I don't need to know who you are, but if you need somebody to talk to and you need a perspective of somebody who's been through it, who's bariatric, who's been, you know, had that opportunity to take their life, I'm here. You can trust me and you can talk to me. I, just, like a, just like an attorney, not an attorney, just like a uh, doctor and psychologist, When we speak with our clients or our followers, it's completely private. Like the HIPAA is alive and well in our brains. Um, And also, when it comes to stress, when it comes to to any type of post-traumatic stress, you can't fight it. Stop trying to fight your problems. Okay, when you fight your problems, it makes it more difficult. What I've come to the conclusion is, it's not so much me fighting, but me treating certain issues. Okay, I love you guys very much. I get on the road, get to work. It's getting it's now uh, four a.m. I really appreciate everybody following us this last year. It's been rough, I know. Um, trying to figure myself out. But feel free to drop me a message if you need to. I love you guys very much. It's going to be a hard day, but I'm going to get through it. Um, if you have, you know, any friends that are bariatric, let them know about the Bariatric Bass Podcast. Um, if not, it's cool. Go ahead, subscribe. Love you guys very much. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other, and take care of the people around you. Put your arms up. Put your arms around. Invite the weak in, put a wall around them and love them and take care of them. Love you guys very much. Peace out.